Hey y'all, just a quick note ahead of this episode. Uh, we had some recording issues that actually caused us to uh, end the recording earlier than expected. Uh, the internet was was given out, I think, in, in Justin's place. Wind was picking up, something was going on. So uh, we kind of cut it off a little bit abruptly. We got through a, a decent handful of, of the top outfielders, but we're going to go ahead and do a mega part two uh, to make sure that we cover the rest. But I just want to let everyone know that um, it's a little bit shorter than expected. And like I said, you haven't messed up in your download. It does just cut off. Now, I do wonder how many people are going to listen to this right off the top, or are some of you, those who skip through the intro right away, knowing, you know, the intro music is going to go for 30 seconds or whatever, and you're not going to hear this. But I'm also going to do a little something at the end for those of you who will be wondering about that. But anyway, thank you for listening. Back Wednesday with a mega, mega outfield pod to cover all the rest. Hello and welcome to episode 778 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Monday, February 10th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning. Good morning. How are you, dude? Uh, I'm, I'm a little hungover from all the barfing I did at the barf draft. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, obviously, I don't drink, so I'm not hungover. But I know there are some people in that league that are still hungover. Definitely. And uh, you got a hell of a group there. I, I was looking at the picture. The, the team photo you guys took, that looks like a really, really fun league. So um, you guys, folks can read your write-up there. Um, give, give me give me just your favorite pick. We're not going to go too deep on it because we got to get in. Big day. We're doing outfielders. But I want to hear who was your favorite pick just based on the price you paid and, and uh, how you feel about that player this year. Oh, let me go with someone we haven't talked a lot about this year, and that's Colton Wong. Yes, let's do that. Like, I, I just – I. I feel like he's kind of overlooked uh, considering what he did last year. 11 home runs, 24 stolen bases, 285, 361. It is an on-base percentage league. Uh, He's a former top prospect that is just kind of blooming late, and his defense is so good he's going to play. It guarantees his spot, dude. I totally totally agree with you on that. He could take a walk too it's not like a crazy walk rate but it's in the mm-hmm. the eight to ten percent range so it's going to keep that obp high even if the average uh trickles back down he's on a kind of every other year type deal right now 249 262 240 285 249 285 so you know if the pattern holds which we don't really believe in those patterns we make jokes about it but you'd be getting the lower end this year but even in 18 when colton long hit 249 he still had a 332 obp so that wouldn't kill you there with uh you know double digit power and uh you know 20 plus steals are are really in order for him so solid pick there would you get him in the 18th round was that yeah i got i mean i got him super late uh 15th round which is good yeah pick 208 for for that outside of the top 200 I just think he's such a the defense makes him safe. And well, you went on a you went on a run there, man. You, you, mm-hmm. Like I really like your. Uh, damn, I keep going. <laughs> I, was gonna, I, I keep going up as far as the stretch. I'm going to say from Jock Peterson to Kopech. I really like what you did there with diversity of of you know gambles versus uh, 
safe floor type deal. Like Jock Peterson himself, I think, is a safe guy. J.D. Davis, Byron Buxton, Garrett Hampson, Colton Wong, our boy Nick Solak, our boy Lord Gurriel Jr., who you almost took when you took Solak and Gurriel Jr. made it back. Paxton in the 18th, that's that's a good gamble right there, man. You could get a four-month um, ace or, or four-month number two, which is nice, and then Michael Kopech in the 19th. But I said I was making you pick one, and now I'm talking about the whole thing. But people can read your write-up there. Uh, it looks like a great league, though. That's awesome that you put that together. I know you put that together with our friend, the late Laura Michaels, to kind of have an industry league out west. And uh, you've got a great, great group out there. So it seems like you guys had another great time, and ho- hopefully you uh, smoke those fools. Yeah, I, I, I'm a former champion of that league, and I'm looking to get my crown back. Uh, and if in future years, if people want to just come and hang out, like it's a bar. It's at the Rec Room in San Francisco every year, mm-hmm. uh, which is a fantastic sports bar. And like, there's no like, there's no like ropes or nothing. You just come and hang out with us and talk with some of the best minds in the industry. Absolutely. Um, and you can see, you know, Sarah's labor over every pick. It's not even oh the labor draft, and yet he labors over every pick. Re- him and Doug Thorburn, and they were drafting back-to-back. Like, Oh, just... yeah, yeah. Um, I know, I love and know both of them, and I understand exactly what you're talking about. And I got to be honest, if I were there, I would also contribute to that. I'm, I'm not even going to front. I'm not going to throw my guys under the bus and not jo- join them under said bus. Um, I, I've been known to kind of... Uh, labor a little bit on, on on making those mid-round picks and I try not to do it on the early rounds you know when you when you got the stars there it's like let's go with the picks if you start to have a little bit of indecision late at least there's a, a reason for that but we're talking outfielder part one uh, we're gonna go as deep as we can we're gonna go about an hour and a half here and then get into part two later this week on Thursday or Wednesday uh, Wednesday Wednesday okay excellent and um, let's just start Let's start with the top tier here. Now, we're not going to go so deep on these guys because we they've been talked to death, both by us and the industry at large. But we have Ron Lacuna, who's regularly going as the number one pick. You can follow the ADP. Is, is it just all of online championship leagues? Yeah, I just did all the online championship okay. leagues. You know, the $350 buy-ins, and they didn't start until after the beginning of the year. So exactly. I figured that's a pretty good barometer. And the 12-team leagues, which I know a lot of people play in. Well, and there's and there's fab to them too. So we've been doing a lot of stuff with draft champions, um, ADP before these started to really pop up. Now there's 25 online championship. The rest of the way we'll do online ADP, online championship ADP. So you have Acuna at one, one dot four. You know, again, going the first pick, very very often. Every once in a while, dipping down to the second or third pick. He's part of a trio of outfielders who go at the top. Uh, with Acuna, Trout, and Yelich. Uh, Trout is at 2-4, Yelich 2-6, Bellinger 4-3, and Betts 6-2. Now, the Betts trade has been officially done after falling through because of Bruzdar Gratterall. It is now back on, and Gratterall is actually still in it, but now he's going to the Dodgers. So the Maeda piece still stays in place. The Stripling and Jock Peterson pieces don't, and I'm very sad. Supposedly, they're still looking for a spot for at least Peterson, which, I mean, he got to hope that they find a place for Stripling, too. I mean, how do you want to be Andrew Friedman, like, calling them up today and like, hey, See you in hey, Arizona. Well, <laughs> have fun getting two innings a week. It's going to be neato for you, guy. Um, yeah, hopefully they f- figure something out. But the, the bets deal is done. Are you moving bets down? 
No, I don't think I am, but I'm also not taking him where he's going. So, okay, were, were you not taking him where he was going as a Red Sox? Uh, yeah, so I, okay. I, I, I was already out on that price to begin with. Not to say that he's, I think he's a bad player or that he's going to underperform. I just, I'm more interested in the shortstops going around there or one of the starting pitchers. He's, he's steadily sixth. Um, bets is, and you know, we'll see if he trickles down a spot or two, maybe going behind DeGrom in one of the one of the shortstops. I maybe we'll, we'll, we'll really see. Um, doesn't seem we like would it need, so far. Well, we would need this week to really, I, I guess, people were operating over the weekend as if he was being traded, so that those drafts probably have some uh, some bets in LA flavor. He shouldn't. He shouldn't move down. He shouldn't move up. It should real. It's really a neutral move, as far as I'm concerned. He ended up going eighth in my uh, in my draft champions league from yesterday. That's his low. Uh, that's the max pick for bets, and I really don't think he should fall much further than that. I will take him at that price. I'm I'm actually really uh, interested in him. Uh, well, I was as. I will say ahead. Rudy Gamble, who's a very smart dude. Uh, very good mm-hmm. with projections. I believe he said on Twitter, though Twitter's not loading for me right now, uh, that his projections had him dropping from like the seventh player to the seventeenth player because of this. Yeah, and they had Verdugo moving up to the seventy-first. And you know, we quote we quote the Rasball player Raider a lot. They do excellent work. I'm definitely not agreeing with the with the bets thing. I mean, I I don't want to say I'm not agreeing with it in that it's empirical data. His projections are his projections. I'm saying I'm not moving bets down to that degree. The Verdugo thing's really interesting because I kind of you know I was like 71, dude. Like what what what's what's the flavor there? Part of it is is playing time. I was already kind of putting in a playing time boost of my own for Verdugo just as a Dodger, not to 650 plate appearances, which is probably what he's going to get in Boston. Uh, if not, maybe even more. If he leads off, then you know he could get 700. But um, I was already thinking that he was going to be, you know, more or less an everyday player with the Dodgers. But this not only moves him up in volume, but moves him up in the lineup, which adds you know moves them up in volume via playing time and via lineup spot so it's a double whammy um plus he was mentioning rudy was talking about how fenway is actually a pretty good park for lefties overall it hurts their power but it helps everything else so batting average could be a real boon for verdugo and i think he hit like 295 last year 294 and he doesn't strike out takes a decent number of walks to comparatively to his strikeout rate 14% for his career strikeouts, 7% walks. I'm totally fine with that. He could hit over 300 this year, especially if he changes his profile up a little bit to utilize the wall. Because right now he doesn't have much of an oppo uh, lean in, in his in his batted ball profile for Verdugo. But if he, if he factors in a little bit more, don't go crazy with it and just try to get everything off the green monster, but still steal some extra hits there. And he could be hitting 310, 320. So even if the power doesn't really push forward, that could be an interesting thing. You know, I've always liked Verdugo. You've actually been kind of on the on the negative side of him. How do you feel about him in Boston, by the way? I Just mean, real quickly. I, I I love the move for him as a player. Uh, however, I don't love the idea that he could potentially be going in the top seventy-five picks. That that's ridiculous to me. Uh, so I think that I think that. Um, 
you know, there will be some folks who follow Rasball religiously that that push him up. I don't think that'll be consensus. I don't think it'll be close to it. So right now we have him uh, in the ADP down as the 59th outfielder, 225 overall. Um, so, you know, we'll probably talk more about him to, on Wednesday in that episode. He's going to move up. I don't think he's going to move up anywhere near 71. But if you believe in Rasball, you should be open to taking him, say, pick 180, and you're still getting plenty of profit on Verdugo. But we'll move on from that. Bet's deal is indeed done. Um, anything else, any thoughts you have on Acuna, Trout, Yelich, Bellinger that you really want to get out there? Because like I said, we've been talking them to death. No, Industry at I... large definitely has. Otherwise, let's get to the second round. Yeah, first. let's move on. I mean, they're all great picks. If you want to take any single one of them at one, I don't have a problem with it. It's just, you know, I, I, I lean Trout just because I feel like the, the floor is safer and the ceiling is amazing. Don't, don't fix what ain't broken. Yeah. You know, I, for I me, totally, that's what it is. I totally get if people want to go to Cunha or if people want to go Yelich because they're both studs. Yep. I, I do too. But I, I do lean Trout and I, I'm just kind of sticking with, with what's been working. All right. So the second rounders, we have Bryce Harper at 24. We have uh, J.D. Martinez at 26. Uh, Aaron Judge, 28. Stanley Marte, 32. And Austin Meadows, 35. The Austin Meadows love was something that struck me early in draft season. I was kind of unaware of it. And now it's super prevalent and and something that I, I realized, okay, wow. The community loved what he did last year, and they are in uh, on Austin Meadows. So I want to start with him. First off, where do you stand after his season last year with Austin Meadows? You know, he had a little bit of injury issue and still ended up, I think, going like 35-12, 33-12, excuse me, with a 291, 89 ribbies, 83 runs, and that was in 138 games. So if he gets up to like the 150, 155. Um, I don't know how you project that, though. It's hard because he's had, he's had injuries regularly throughout yeah. his career. I mean, that's what slowed his development time in Pittsburgh and dropped him off the of prospect lists and – uh, I mean, back issues, other soft tissue issues. Uh, I, I love Austin Meadows, and I wish everybody didn't love Austin Meadows uh, because <laughs> at this price, I can't, Spiked, dude. I can't imagine he ends up on any of my teams other than Dynasty I... Leagues where I already have him. It just, it's super disappointing because I love him as a player, and he was one of the guys that actually did work for me on my main event team last year, so... Uh, yeah, it's disappointing it's just, to see him so high. It's just it's full market value, right? It, it doesn't I not break into the fact that he has never been able to stay healthy for a full season. I mean, I think no. the, the last time he was able to was in high A in 2015. Like that's it. So, so that that's tough on Meadows, and so I like I get the the hype, but this price is just it's it's too much for me, and. He didn't even finish that high last year. So this is adding some improvement. He's the 11th outfielder uh, on draft boards here, and he was 16th at the position last year in a brilliant season. So it, it's not for me with regards to to Meadows right now. I'm just not paying that price. Um, did you forget Juan Soto? I did. I did forget Juan Soto. He should be at the top. So he's not a second rounder. Right he should be in the first group. He goes on average at 11. Do you have anything that you want to say about him quickly? Uh, again, another guy that I think is extremely talented and I really, really like, but probably not going to end up with him at that price. I just can't 
rationalize taking him in the first round over a guy like Story or Lindor. Uh, we love the shortstop, right? Yeah. So it's like that's probably why we're not going to take him. I'll tell you the main reason I'm not going to take him is because of the next guy I want to talk about who's going in the second round regularly. J.D. Martinez. My boy. Our boy. A guy that a guy that we got to go with our shortstop, Trey Turner. Um, and, you know, I, I understand there's there's an age difference and all that, and, and there were 10 stolen bases of, of difference last year. Even if you told me that Soto was going to do that again, that's really the only difference. So I, I don't know that even if you locked that in, that I would necessarily – still want to pay that first round pick for him when I can get JD the following round and I, and JD might beat him in every other category. In fact, he beat him in homers average and then was just behind in runs in ribbies last year, five ribbies behind uh, 12 runs, you know, which is a little something, but again, I'd rather take a premium shortstop or Jacob deGrom and then pair him with JD Martinez there. The funny thing is, is this is considered like, a down-ish year. Both he and Betts are getting that tag because they were so super elite MVP contenders and the MVP himself, Betts. But then JD was like right there. And because they didn't just put up another, you know, 170 WRC plus, we're calling them quote unquote down seasons. They were not close to down. They were both still absolutely brilliant. I think JD will not miss a beat. 32 years old, still not really old. And, um, I'm, I'm taking him all day, so I love where he goes, and he's been on multiple teams already. Yeah, no, I, I, I took him in the Barf League at, like, pick 16 or whatever it was, 16, 17, something like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I have no no problem taking him in every draft. I, I'm not letting him get past me if I've got a top, you know, a second-round pick, you know, inside the top 20. Yep, yep. Uh, let's talk Bryce Harper. You know, his first year in uh, Philadelphia – was not off the charts, but it was perfectly strong. You know, it was it was another capable season. He was actually eighth among outfielders, which I think might surprise some folks to what he actually did. Uh, he had 260. I think that kind of stands out like, well, you know, he probably couldn't have been a top 10 outfielder at 260. No, he was because he had 98 runs, 35 homers, 114 RBIs, and 15 stolen bases. He was 15 for 18 after a 13 for 16 the year before. So his stolen base efficiency is really nice, and he's giving you the, the double-digit contribution there. I love uh, Bryce Harper as well. He's another guy I would take, and I'd rather just – wait for Bryce Harper instead of taking Juan Soto. So it's it's nothing against Soto. It's the guys who are available after him that make me not want to take him. How do you feel about Harper in year two? Do you think there's more or just another solid season like this? I think there is a little bit more, uh, and I would project a little bit more. Uh, but I also think there is the potential for uh, greatness because we've seen it before with him. And uh, yes. As much as I was one of the few people calling for him to take a huge step back after that 2015 season, uh, I I totally can acknowledge the fact that that player is in there somewhere. Uh, and mm-hmm. so there, there's obviously a chance that he could at some point redo that, what, 197 WRC plus season. Yeah. Uh, so like, yeah, with a three thirty average. Yeah, I mean it. It, it is it, well within the realm of possibility that that happens. That being said, uh, I really like depth charts and steamers projection forum, which is two sixty, forty one home runs, double digit stolen bases, 
I think that feels about right, though I might actually bump him up a bit on the average. I mean, he hit 270 from the second half on with 19 home runs. Uh, so uh, he he had a really, really nice second half, and that may just be a matter of getting comfortable uh, in new surroundings, mm-hmm. especially in a hostile place like Philadelphia. But, you know, I mean, he, he did that in 67 games, 19 home runs, 270. That that shows Damn. you what he could do over the course of a full year. Yep. And I agree with you on the average. And I understand now we got three of the last four years where he's at 260 or below, between 260 and 243 for Bryce Harper. And yet I still believe that that's in there as well as far as the upside because of how well he strikes the ball and how how good he is at identifying balls and strikes. I do think sometimes he gets a little um, little passive. Actually, I don't even want to go that far. A little overly patient, which I know is maybe two ways of saying the same thing. For me, passivity is, is just where you're almost trying to take a walk. I don't even think it's that with Harper. I think he's trying to get that home run ball every time. And sometimes he gives up the, the double or single pitch early in the count to try to get that homer. And it's like that pitch never came. So you're either striking out or walking when you could have had that, that single or double earlier. And that's, you know, Look, it's hard to critique a guy who gets on base at the clip that he does because even in those three seasons where the average hasn't been great, the OBPs have been 373, 393, and 372. So nobody's complaining about what Harper does to get on base. We both like him. We're both down to take him in the second round, signing us up for some Bryce Harper. Let's talk about Starling Marte because he's got a new ball club. And I feel like the the inclination is to say that he's underrated and yet He's a steady second, third rounder uh, going on, what, three years now, um, or, or at least the, the last 18, 19, and 20. So I don't really think he's that underrated, you know, uh, at least 19 and 20. I, I don't think he is because how if he's picked 31? I Well, here, I'll, I'll say I think that in years past, he's definitely been underrated. It may not be is underrated this year, especially if you start considering the fact just how deep the offensive talent is in the first three, four, five rounds. So, yeah. like, that's where I go, okay, I think the pack has kind of caught up to him a little bit. I mean, we're talking about a guy who has stolen at least 21 bases in each season since 2013, and mm-hmm. the one season he stole 21 was the one he was suspended for. And this is a guy that misses yeah. time. I mean, so. and he played a yeah, he played a half season that year. Mm-hmm. Imagine if he had played, you know, even 130 games. Yeah. So, I there, there's a tremendous amount of upside. We're all talking about a guy like I mentioned that has missed a lot of time because of the suspension, because of a lot of injuries. He gets nicked up early, easily, uh, he, and he's 31. No part of why? At least earlier in his career. Dude gets hit by pitches like crazy. His double-digit hit-by-pitch is four straight years from 13 to 16. And 16 um, eight, total last year. Yeah, and eight in 2017. Again, that was a half season, so you extrapolate and double digits again for sure. 2018 is really the only full season where he wasn't hit at least 16 times for Stalling Marte. So the speed's there. The power has developed the last couple of years with 20 and 23 homers. Uh, he scored 97 runs on a on a garbage Pittsburgh team. What's he going to do on this fantastic Diamondbacks? I really like this team. It's, it's an underrated offense because it doesn't 
it doesn't scream stars outside of maybe Cattell Marte, who's who's pretty flashy after his breakout year. A lot of people love him. But it's the double Martes at the top, Eduardo Escobar, David Peralta, Christian Walker, Cole Calhoun, Nick Ahmed, and Carson Kelly. There's not really a dead spot anywhere. It's just solid average, at least everywhere. Even Nick Ahmed is coming to his own a bit to where he's like a 95 WRC plus. I guess he was 92 last year. So even he has 19 homers plus and 82 ribs last year. Bumgarner rakes, dude. So every every fifth day, uh, I think Robbie Ray. Or no, no, Mike Week is another one. So they actually have some good hitting pitchers that are going to be uh, in their lineup as well. But, you know. This is I, a team think, that runs. That's That's the exciting part. Pittsburgh yes, wasn't this, necessarily a team that ran a whole lot. They were like the bo- like in the middle, but the bottom middle, like I think nineteenth in stolen bases last year. Whereas they let their speedster run. Yeah, where the Diamondbacks were a top ten stolen base team last year, and if you look up and down that lineup, you go, where was all those stolen bases? But they ran. They let guys run. It- they're so, like the fantasy team that just gets them from everybody. Yeah, and I think uh, I think this is uh, I think he's going to be back to thirty stolen bases this year. I think this is if he's healthy or at least playing one hundred and forty games. I think twenty thirty is in the cards for him. That would be really nice from Stalin Marte, and, and particularly um, you know at, at pick thirty two. That's that's totally doable there. And again, I don't think he's underrated where he's going, but I think he's he's that really steady pick. In the second round, when you take him, usually toward the back end of the second round. So if you get, um, you know, you might start outfielder, outfielder. But if I'm going Trout, Marte, or Yelich, Marte, um, not only do I have a bunch of speed to start, but I feel like my average, my my power is solid as well, and my my runs and ribbies. I have no problem going outfielder, outfielder with one of the top three dogs, uh, or even top five really if Betts and, and Bellinger are the uh, four or five picks and then pairing him with Marte. In my draft champions yesterday, uh, our boy Dusty Wagner went Lindor Marte, which I really like. Did he actually go like first nine or ten rounds without a starting pitcher? Nine rounds. Nine wow. rounds. But then he went seven straight pitchers. He got Julio Urias, Kyle Hendricks, Kenta Maeda, Herman Marquez, James Paxton, and Joey Lucchese, Ryan Yarbrough. And then um, Daniel Murphy, and then Chris Archer after that. Spectacularly unspectacular. And there's a lot of avenues where this works out really nicely, though. Yeah. You know, Urias breaks out. Hendricks is his same boring self. We love Maeda in Minnesota. If one of Marquez or Paxton is a stud, and, you know, there's multiple folks projecting Archer to get back on track. I, I was intrigued by what he did, and I think it could really work out. And then he had another two big globs of, of pitchers from me from the 20th round to the 28th. He took only one hitter in that group, and it was a big power hitting Travis Shaw. So I like what he did there. Let's continue to move on here and talk about uh, Aaron Judge. Despite now two years in a row of, of you know severely missed time, it's not affecting his ADP. And it didn't really last year either, so... You know, obviously, with 102 games played, you know he's not going to be high on the player radar right now. But he did, he did still hit 27 homers with 55 ribbies, 75 runs, and a 272 average. And you know, those of you in 10 and 12 team leagues, you're replacing Judge with someone pretty solid. 15 is a little bit more difficult unless you plan for that depth. 
but that roster spot's still quite valuable with what Judge gave you and then what you filled in for 40-something games. Are you in on Judge as a second rounder? I'm not. And it's only because I feel like I get the same guy in his teammates, Giancarlo Stanton, like 30 picks later. Yeah. At, at least a round yeah. later and often much more. So, I, I, I mean, I love Judge, but I think part of it is... Uh, one people think you know think because he's younger, there's a chance he's going to stay healthy. Uh, and two, I think people yeah. like the personality. He's 27. I agree. So. I'm saying though, age 28 season coming up, he's he's newer on the scene, but he was an old rookie. Yeah. Well, it took him forever to figure out you know how to fix that hole in his swing. Um, Correct. Because he's you know such a large guy, and. We haven't seen him run as much, I think, as maybe people thought he was going to, at least early on in his career. Only three stolen bases last year. Uh, that's on five attempts. And part of that can be health, and part of that may be, do the Yankees want him to run and risk getting hurt? So, uh, I don't know. I just... I think not. Yeah. I think the upside is immense, but the upside is immense for a lot of guys in this area and in the next tier. So why are we yeah. taking him inside of what the top thirty? Love Judge can't can't take him with no discount, and mm-hmm. and there's no discount here, so it's a pass for me. I'll go to the breaky breakies. <laughs> they go breakouts, babies, and vets here. Uh, a mixed bag uh, with this tier that you put together with George Springer at forty seven. Uh, Cattell Marte, 48. Charlie Blackman, 50. Whit Merrifield, 53. Aloy Menez, 55. Chris Bryant, 58. Victor Robles, 60. And the aforementioned Giancarlo Stanton at 62. Let's start with Stanton since it does piggyback right off of Judge. And uh, again, you mentioned it. He's going 30 picks later, two rounds after Judge, and makes it easy to take him. Um, outside of the context of, of his teammate there, just uh, in a vacuum on his own, that you obviously took him in the Barf League, so you don't hate Giancarlo Stanton, although you have lamented that pick. I thought where you where you got him, it's it's totally fine, man. I Look, yes, he only played 18 games last year, but that's on the heels of 158 and 159. Mm-hmm. He played back-to-back healthy seasons. If you give me at least a buck 30, I know I'm getting... 30 homers yeah so i'm i'm fine to take stanton where he is he's actually coming with a discount and that works for me yeah atc projects him for 129 games and gives him 37 home runs so and i mean that lineup is just so stacked depth charts and steamer both have him for about 140 and they've got him at 48 home runs like especially in a league like barf where there's one winner and nobody cares about the rest like, so, uh, I just, you know, I, I'm shooting for the moon with a few of the picks and, and Stan's one of them. I got burnt pretty hard last year. A lot of people did. And that's why his price is dropping. Cause, uh, yeah, let it keep dropping. Then. Yeah. I don't think there's any world in which people should be taking George Springer, you know, 15 picks higher or earlier. So I yeah, I, te- I tend to agree with that with regards to Stanton versus Springer and, and, and several of the guys in this tier. The fact that he's last in this tier makes him very desirable. I, I will take that gamble because I don't, you know, I, I think you just look at the last three years and you can't tell me that he's injury prone because he just had two full years. So, yeah, he lost eight. Uh, he lost 19. I, I grant that and it sucked, but 
I, I don't even need a full season to get my value out of Stanton. So I'm definitely down to take him. Let's move back up to the top of this grouping then and, and to the aforementioned George Springer, who, you know, obviously the, the Houston turmoil, you know, is going to be swirling around everybody. Do you think... Well, I guess I don't know if I've asked you. I'm sure I have, but you're not moving the guys down, are you? The Astros? No, no, I'm, I'm not. I, I, I think there's a few of them that I was already lower on than consensus, and, and Springer is one of them. He's coming off of a career year, uh, where you know he hit, you know, most home runs he's ever hit, uh, hit 292. I, I just think those numbers were naturally going to come down, uh, mm-hmm. and you got to feel for him because. Every time he has a bad game, they're going to be asking him, "Well, is it because they're not? There's no trash cans pounding?" You know, it's yeah, it's, yep, uh, yep, yep. it's going to be ridiculous in a circus. I I'm not discounting Astros because of that. I'm discounting it because I think a number of those guys are just going to have some natural regression. Yeah, no, I I I totally uh, I totally agree with that, and I I think Springer is definitely one of the ones where I'm kind of piecing out on him a little bit here. And so let's move on to the next group or the next guy in the group. And that's Cattell Marte guy. I do love, I already mentioned how I feel about that Arizona offense. When talking about the other Marte, his new partner in crime at the top of the lineup, I think he's going to hold most of most of the gains that he had this year. Like he's probably not going to have a full repeat coming off of a career year for Cattell Marte. But I think, you know, give me, 26 and 10 with a 290 average and great counting numbers on the runs and ribbies. And I'm totally fine with that from a 26 year old Cattell Marte, who by the way also has second base, which is more likely where I'm going to put him more often than not. What do you think of Cattell coming off of the big breakout year? I'm a bit worried about like the way he kind of ended the season with, was it a back issue? Um, it was a hammy, I thought. Oh no, 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 no! I know what you're talking about. Yes, 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 yes. yes so, yes, yes. I'm, I, I'm, I haven't gotten any shares, and I don't think I will until I see some sort of news piece saying he's fine, you know, or I see him. We're gonna see guys playing in what a week. So yes, then I, I just will get to start reporting today. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, as soon as I start seeing him on the field, I'm going to feel a lot more comfortable. But that second base eligibility is so sexy because in spite of some claims to the contrary on Twitter, second base is probably the most shallow non-catcher position. Definitely um, is. Yes. It, it, it so definitely is. Like I'm not even sure that it can be argued to the contrary. It's but uh, Some person <laughs> or people uh, have tried to make that claim that it is deeper than shortstop, which... Uh, listen, if, if you, Brad said that, yes, I know. Thing, like, if you want to imbibe, uh, or, or uh, you know, have have a have a puff now and again, I, I fully support your right to do that. Uh, but but don't offer fantasy the- analysis then. Like, <laughs> you know, like like wait till you're clear headed before you make a claim like that. Because yeah, it's yeah, just I because mean, I, I'm sorry. That's that's yeah. It's just so aggressively incorrect. I don't know if know? he listens, but I hope he does. I hope so, too. Now, for those of you who don't listen to the episode uh, at the very beginning, maybe you skipped the, the very intro part, uh, although you should be listening to the music. It's pretty great. Anyway, I, I know some people, uh, I, I do this with some of the pods. I just kind of go right to the 
32nd minute mark. This cut off abruptly. You did not download a bad episode. We ran into some internet issues with uh, with J Justin's connection. The wind was kicking up. We just we were cutting in and out. We decided to go ahead and cut it. We're going to do a mega episode on Wednesday to finish Outfield. This one is a little bit light, even for a part one. So um, just sit tight with us on that. We apologize for that uh, You know, shortened episode today. We'll be back Wednesday covering all the rest of the Outfield. Thank you.